All right, what's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Ridge Raised Outdoors podcast. This is episode number 20, and this should be a good one. I'm just uh, down here in my basement doing this podcast by myself, and uh, I figured I would do one and, and talk about uh, the buck I found um, dead and uh, some gear talk. I know a lot of been a lot of people have been asking me what gear I'm going to be using this year, at least the last couple years. And um, we're going to get into uh, PA bow season, which is just in a couple days when this comes out. So um, first, let's go over scripture. The verse I picked for this episode is out of Proverbs. It's Proverbs 16.3, one of my favorite verses. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I love that verse because, um, you know, whatever you do, just give it to God and, uh, you know, he always seems to work things out. So that's what I'm trusting in this year. Um, I've had a couple rough bow seasons the last few years, wounding deer and missing deer and, you know, just plans not coming together. So this year I'm going to go into it a little bit different and uh, hopefully things work out and not try to put too much pressure on myself with the filming and whatnot. But um, I've already been pretty successful uh, that's the first thing I'll talk about. I went down uh, the 17th of September, first day of bow season down in 2B. And uh, me and my brother Colin went out. And we had that planned for like a couple months. But drove down there. And he's only like 15, 20 minutes from 2B where uh, you can hunt two weeks early. So plan was to go down there and... I had a doe tag for 2B. He was actually supposed to be um, the one shooting. I was supposed to be behind, supposed to be behind the camera, and uh, that's not what happened. It was kind of flip flopped. He wasn't uh, feeling very confident in his setup, and um, he made a good point though. We were pretty much on our way down there, and he said, "Well, I can shoot a, a doe in 2B any time, really. So why not?" Why not have you hunt tonight? So we went into one of his public land spots. Uh, he already had a stand set, but we had to bring the sticks in. Uh, he owns some Hawk Helium sticks, the minis. They're, they're pretty nice sticks for the price. And uh, then we brought just a, just a stand in. And uh, it was like high 70s, 80 degrees that, that night. We went in about the last hour, hour and a half of... Uh, of light climbed up and I hung the stand and uh, got the one stand hung about a foot above the one where he had set and um, as we were setting up we just got everything ready to go I had my bow hung um, behind him and uh, he tapped me on the shoulder he said stop moving and uh, there was two bucks already coming out of the thicket back where we anticipated these deer would be bedding but we had the right wind and uh so i think it was a southwest wind that night that's what we needed for that spot so luckily it worked out first buck came out he was uh, a decent six pointer pretty wide six pointer probably like a year and a half year old and uh maybe two and a half but he come out and uh knew something was up and the other one the other bigger deer bigger buck that was behind him had no idea what was going on um 
he was hitting a scrape about 35, 40 yards from us. And uh, I didn't even have the bow in my hand, so I quickly grabbed the camera out of my backpack, handed it to Colin, and he uh, started to film. And this is on our YouTube channel as well. It's the, the video is doing really well. It's got uh, 25, I actually think it's got 27,000 views right now, which is incredible. It's only been on the internet for like a week or something like that. But when this comes out, it'll be a little over a week. Um, so if you guys haven't checked that out yet, just go to our YouTube channel and check that out. But anyway, uh, make a long story short, we uh, passed those two deer up. The second buck that came out was pretty nice. He was probably a two-and-a-half-year-old eight. He was probably only like 14 inside, though, and pretty cool to watch them do their thing and come out. And then uh, we ended up passing, or I ended up passing uh, seven bucks that night, and uh, it was pretty incredible. One of the best nights that I'm sure both of us have ever had in the stand. And uh, we were there to shoot a doe, but if a nice buck came by... Um, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna shoot it, but I didn't want to be tagged out on, you know, a young deer, even with decent potential and whatnot. But so I, I passed all those bucks up, and uh, got, Colin got some pretty good footage of it. And then, um, as we were watching the one decent deer go out, um, I looked down and there's a doe at like six yards away. And uh, he quickly got the camera on her. She ended up spotting us. And she jumped back to like 20 yards and I smoked her. Double-lunged her. She didn't run too far. So that was the, the cap off to our night. It was it was an incredible evening. So we ended up uh, tracking her. She didn't run very far. Got her field dressed and uh, drug her back to the truck. Didn't get back to Colin's house till about 9.30. And then got back, ate some food and you know, told this, told some stories and whatnot. My grandpa and grandma were there, my wife and my kid and Colin's fiance and whatnot. So we were just kind of hanging out and then we ended up gutting them or gutting. Well, we gutted her in the, in the woods and then we ended up skinning her, um, in her, in his garage. So just a fun night. We actually didn't even get home that night because we ended up driving home because we had church and some stuff going on the next day. We didn't end up getting home till about midnight that night. So, but it was all worth it. It was uh, probably one of the funnest, um, mem most memorable nights that uh, I'll probably have in a while. So, but uh, anyway, yeah, I'm here to talk about that buck that I found. So, um, I didn't really have a name for him, but I hunted this deer for three years. Well, I didn't hunt him this year, so but I had history with him for three years. Hunted him the last two years on this public piece. Um, he was way back in the swamp, and uh, first year, 2020, I had pictures of him. Nice two and a half year old. I knew it was him because he had really tall brows at two and a half. So I I always make sure I save pictures especially on public land of the up-and-comers that I have on camera. So the next year I went in there and stuck a camera off the same tree, uh, pretty much the same scrape, and uh, he was in there again in September. 
late September, I think it was, and uh, he blew up at three and a half. Uh, had a big palmation out on his left side, and uh, he was probably in the 140s, I would imagine. Had probably nine or ten inch brow tines, and uh, I don't. I think I had one more, one or two more sequences of pictures of him. Uh, pretty much the rest of the season. Um, I don't think he necessarily lived on that public land. I know he bedded there sometimes, but I think he did a lot of his uh, eating and uh, chasing does and stuff on the private, which was, you know, about a half mile away or whatever. So, um, but I don't know. I, I missed a really big buck in there in November, uh, a couple hundred yards from where I thought he would have been. I missed a big buck with brow tines like that, but I don't know if it was him or not. It was pretty dark that night, and I shot right under him. Um, arrowhead a branch and whatnot. But so this year I uh, stuck a bunch of cameras in there, and and uh, I don't know. I think I had four or five cameras in there, and spread them out really good. And uh, he was the first buck that I got on camera in there, and. Uh, I knew it was him with the brow tines and stuff, and then I I kept kept running cameras, kept checking them every month or so in there. This was starting in July, and then uh, the last I started in June, but then the last picture I got of him was uh, last part of July. I think it was July thirtieth or something, and um, that was the last picture I had of him. So I, I was wondering what happened to him because I went in again one more time in August to check the cameras and he wasn't on it. There was a couple decent bucks, but he wasn't on it. So I didn't know what happened to him. I don't know if he switched his patterns already or if he was uh, just betting on the private and, and eating the corn or whatever that was up in the ag fields above. But I knew there was something up. So uh, me and a buddy of mine went in early September to check cameras and I was going to show him the area and stuff, and we got up and got in the area, and the first thing he said to me was, I smell something dead. And, uh, you know, me joking around, I was like, oh, I bet you it's the big one. And uh, we walked another 15, 20 yards, and he said, dude, it's him. And uh, my heart pretty much sunk. So we ended up walking up on this deer, and he was about 15 yards from the creek. And uh, we both thought, take a sip of my water here. We both thought that he died of EHD. He was dead for about three weeks or so, maybe a month. And the funny thing is about it, um, when I was messing with him and stuff and just checking him out, um, I must have had a cut on my hand because bacteria from his decaying body got in my finger and uh, I got a pretty bad infection in my finger. So I had to get on antibiotics and whatnot, which is a whole nother story. But yeah, I learned not to touch dead deer. I should have known that, I guess, but not to touch them without gloves and stuff. But anyway, yeah, this deer was just, uh, he was a giant and... It was going to be the buck that I was going to be hunting the first part of the season into the rut and stuff, but I've told myself before I'm not going to hunt one deer, but this was uh, this was a deer of a lifetime. 
on public in PA. He's just he's sitting right next to me. So what I ended up doing was uh, I got a hold of the game commission in Pennsylvania because in here in PA, uh, if you find a dead deer still attached to the skull, like if the antlers are still attached, you're legally supposed to pay ten dollars a point. So I wanted to do the legal thing. I wanted to do the right thing. I always try to do that. And uh, got a hold of the game commission, and they met me. They said I was able to go cut the head off um, at the skull, so I did. And um, met him somewhere in Meadville and uh, paid the $100, wrote him a check, and uh, he gave me a salvage tag for it. So it's sitting right here next to me. It's got the tag on it, so he's legal. I can show him to anybody. I can bring him to the fair, um, which I'm going to do. But luckily, he was um, he grew grew enough, and he died late. I think it was about late July or early August. I'm I'm sure is when he when he died. But he was able to grow enough, and his velvet. Um, started to peel off so he his antlers were able to harden enough to uh, keep the frame so luckily um, I was the one to find him and I let a couple people know that knew about the deer um, that I that I found him and did the right thing and and bought the antlers um, but yeah he was a giant I, I, I'd imagine he was probably gonna be in the 150s he could have been in the 160s, I'm not sure, with the mass. Um, I was comparing him to uh, some antlers that my brother found in Texas, and he just blew these other deer out of the water just with the mass. His brow tines are 11 or 12 inches long. Um, he's got a drop tine on the right side that drops down. I think it's about 3 or 4 inches, and then he's got a kicker off his one uh, G2, I think it is. It's about inch or inch and a half. So at 10 point, he was a mainframe eight with the drop and, um, and a kicker off his, his G2. So just an incredible deer, but to find him like that, just, it just flat out sucks. So, um, you know, you move on and, uh, you know, I have some other deer I'm going to be hunting on some other public properties and, uh, another permission piece that I have. So I'm pretty st still pretty excited for this season, obviously. I know I probably won't be passing too many deer up because of my wife. She's uh, she's due with our second kid in December, so i um, going to try to spend as much time out in the woods as I can, but if a nice three-and-a-half-year-old comes by, he's getting it. So, but yeah, I'm ready for the season. Um, I've practiced my butt off this year shooting my bow I, I shoot the Matthews VXR with um, the Exodus MMT arrows some of the best arrows I've ever shot if not the best um, they just group so good and uh, they're in the the middle range of like four something 400 and something grains so they're heavier than my Easton Axis that I was shooting last year um, and then I'm going to be shooting the, the Ramcat Broadhead again, the Ramcat Hydroshock. I, I killed a buck out in Texas last year with my brother filming me and heart shot him. I mean, if you heart shot any deer with, 
if you heart shoot any deer with with any broadhead i'm sure they won't run very far but this thing just completely blew through the deer and he ran about 35 40 yards and piled over i was pretty happy with the results so and i shot them the other day out in the woods or excuse me out in the backyard and uh they seem to group really well just basically identical with my field points um which i'm very happy with and then uh i always use a lighted knock like a green nocturnal or something so that'll be my setup this year um but for a stand what i'm gonna be running is uh i've ran it for the last two years is the lone wolf custom gear 0.5 it's the public land stand it's like five and a half pounds and I can just throw that on my back and attach the sticks to it. The sticks I'm going to be running this year are the the Custom Gear Minis, the 20-inch Minis. And uh, I have the buckleless method uh, for a strap on there. We'll see if I keep it all year. I'm going to try it the first couple times. And if I don't like it very much, which I've practiced in the backyard with that as well. And it seems to be okay, but totally different circumstance when you're out in the woods and... Um, trying to be quiet and efficient and uh you know we'll see how it is but i'm definitely going to use that the buckleless method the first couple hunts of the year and we'll see how that goes but i always have the backup uh straps the buckle straps the pull straps and then i silence them with uh like a tire a bike tire tube i put that over like the inner tube tubing I put that right over the buckle and it silences them so it's not metal on metal contact and they're not super loud but but yeah i'm definitely excited for this season um i've, I've done my scouting um i'm obviously going to be filming like i have been for the last couple years i'm going to be using the lone wolf custom gear pocket arm as well and then i have the same uh setup as i've had for quite a while it's the canon fixia g30 um, G21 and they're basically the same camera um, and then I have a Manfrotto fluid head and then uh, the very zoom remote so you can basically just as you're moving the camera you can use your thumb to zoom in and zoom out and click record and stuff so you're not moving so much and that's that comes in handy during turkey season too because you're not putting your hand all the way up on top of the camera to click record or zoom or whatever you can just keep it down at your side and do it that way so you know i've learned the last couple years that you know this stuff costs money and you know it's pricey but the better stuff that you get it just seems to be more efficient and uh you know it's most of this stuff is uh, that i have is lifetime warranty anyway and uh, i stand by those companies um so that's why i run that gear like i said it's it's a little bit on the pricey side and i understand you know a lot of people probably can't you know fork out all the money at least in one season for the stuff but you know over the last couple of years i've progressively got more gear and i think i'm to a point now where i really like what i'm using right now so i can't complain right there but um let me see what else uh i do run a muddy safeguard uh harness safety harness and then it comes with a line linesman's belt but i switched that out with the roteman one 
that I got on Amazon, which is just like a, it attaches to your carabiner, and then it's like a quick, um, it's a quick way to to loosen and tighten your lineman's belt. Um, so if you you know if you have a smaller tree or if you're going up the tree and it's getting smaller in diameter, you can just tighten it or loosen it easily. And uh, you know that's something I want to talk about is you know when you guys are climbing in a tree, make sure you guys are are doing the right thing and wearing a, a safety harness because um, you know I've said it in, in prior podcasts uh, or you know in previous podcasts um, that I used to not wear. All of us probably used used to not wear a lineman or a, a harness, but uh, especially back in the climber days when you're getting up 25, 30 feet and you're just kind of hanging there. But yeah, just make sure you guys are safe. Um, buy a harness and wear a lineman's belt when you climb up the tree and you're climbing with the with the climber or your sticks or whatever. Just you know, be safe out there. I've known a couple people that have fallen out of a stand and it just doesn't end well. So. Um, and then also I have a Vortex Ops um, binos. I think they're 10 by 20s. I love them, and uh, I'll definitely be running those this year because I'm not much of a bino guy. But the more I use them, and the more that I carry them with me, the more I like uh, I like them and stuff. So because I, you know, I never really grew up grew up carrying binoculars with me. I never really hunted where you had to look a long distance. I either was rifle hunting or, you know, I was bow hunting in really thick areas and stuff. But it's always nice to uh, to have nice binos with you because a lot of the times in, in years past, I'll just use the, the camera to zoom in to see what's coming in. And um, that works, but it's always nice to uh, unclip the bino harness and then throw those binoculars up and see what's coming in. You can have a better... Uh, idea of what you got coming in so <clears throat> but um i'm also going to be running some first light stuff this year again i was able to sell some stuff i had the 0.75 and i ended up selling that to someone and then uh i had the b sticks which right there is like a thousand dollars that i sold and uh I was able to save up the money right there, use that money for some good hunting clothes because, you know, basically I've used the same hunting clothes since high school and, uh, you know, they were getting pretty worn out and stuff and I wanted to buy some expensive hunting clothes. So I ended up first buying a uh, Sitka coat for when it's going to be a little colder in November and then December and stuff like that. But Hopefully I won't have to use that. And then uh, I got, let's see, I got a First Light uh, hoodie. It seems pretty warm. <coughs> Excuse me. Seems pretty warm. And then uh, I got there's just a long sleeve First Light shirt. Uh Let's see, I got the pants. So I'm excited to get out in the woods and, and try that stuff. I know it'll keep me warm, but also it'll be good for early season. And, um, you know, I've never really had good early season gear. So I'm pretty excited about that and uh, what that'll bring me, hopefully some bring me some success. But 
let's see what else is on my list here. Um, I don't really have much to talk about other than, you know, the preparation that I put in this year. I've been working extremely hard physically. I've been waking up at five in the morning, five days a week before I go into work, um, work at the college. So I'm able to get in to the gym for free. And uh, that's what I do before work every morning is get up at five. I get up, um, get the coffee going, let the dog out and uh, sit down, drink my coffee and read a little scripture. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say I watched a little bit of Sports Center in the morning, but that's what gets me going and gets me ready for the gym. So I do that, go to the gym, get there about six and I work out for about 45, 50 minutes and then I get to work by seven. So on a pretty good routine and you know I think a lot of uh, a lot of this year it's gonna come in handy because you know if I if I end up not killing a buck early you know I'm gonna need that mental toughness that grind that I've kept uh, the last couple months and it's gonna help me in the long run because it's a grind when you get deep in deep into the season and you know you haven't killed a buck yet and all your buddies have killed one and um, you know you're trying to still hunt hard but you know I know we all fall into uh, laziness sometimes and a lot of the times uh, you know when I set these set stands and stuff in my rut spots I just continue to go to those spots and you know they pan out but sometimes I go to those spots early season and no thinking you know maybe maybe a good buck will come by where you know this year I got that mobile set up which I've had in years past, but I'm going to push in this year. And if I spook deer, if I spook, you know, a good buck, then I move on because I have a, I have a pretty, pretty good ver uh, variety this year on some different properties and stuff. So I'm just going to push in this year. So, uh, I'm excited for that. What I'm going to do, um, for the first day, maybe the first couple days is, is hunt this one piece. Um, I'm going to go check cameras probably the Thursday before, the season here so a couple days I checked cameras last week um, in this spot it was only there a week and a half and I had two really nice shooter bucks on this one scrape both of them were in the morning um, bunch of does and stuff but two nice bucks that I would definitely shoot one of them was in daylight at 8 30 in the morning on that cold front I think it was the 23rd of September I think that cold front came through and uh he was going back to bed later from uh, the fields down below, and uh, I don't know how the what the weather's supposed to be like the first day of the season, because our season starts here on the first, which is um, you know just a couple days once this comes out from now. But um, you know all that preparation that I put in this summer, all the scouting, all the 25, 30, 40 cameras that I've put out this year. Um, you know, I'm hoping and praying that plans come together. Uh, so what I'm going to do is go check that, that camera off that scrape, probably the Thursday before the first day and see if, you know, there's any good deer on it. And if I can pattern one, and this is a spot, uh, you know, where I've hunted in the past and it's been very successful early season, um, there's beans this year, and then there's corn in the other field. So they got food. 
and they got acorns too so you know it might even be a decent evening spot but i think if i hunt there in the evening i'd have to get right up to where they bed closer because in years past i've sat back farther and it's just been too late but i'm gonna get in there and check that camera and uh you know see what's on it and then make a game plan but i might go hang a, a lone wolf set in there thursday or or friday so that i can just get in there nice and quiet saturday morning and see if i can catch one of those bucks heading back to the bed and uh sling an arrow at him so i guess we'll see um you know obviously it depends on what wind i have as well the last time i checked it was supposed to be a uh east southeast wind which is not good for that spot in the morning um that would be good for the evening but it not good for the morning but it can always switch because it's uh sunday when i'm recording this so still have six days till the season it can always switch even the day before so that's why i'm not going to check the camera till thursday or friday and then make a decision on what to do so and who knows my cell cams can blow up on other properties by then you never know but they've been pretty cold the last week or so i've got some decent bucks but none of my shooters have really been on the cameras at least any of my cell cameras lately their patterns have changed and my cameras haven't changed but i still expect those locations to be good you know in the next couple weeks or whatever so Last year I did that, I, I moved too many cameras when it was closer to the season and then uh, some of those spots that I had regular cameras on blew up that uh, the first week of the season, second week of the season, so that's why I'm going to keep those cell cams in those spots. Even if they're not producing right now, I know they eventually will. And uh, I think I've done a better job of just kind of staying out of the woods this year and just kind of letting my past scouting do the job and and also my my cameras and cell cameras do the job as well so i'm not going to get discouraged but um you know i'm also going to hunt really hard and you know push in and and see what happens so uh been shooting a lot though out in the the backyard been pretty accurate with the bow and pretty excited about that so um yeah, I don't really know what else to discuss with you guys. Um, I guess if you guys have any questions, um, just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook or even the YouTube channel. Hopefully we got, Lord willing, we'll have some good videos coming out again this year like we always do. Um, and uh, let's just hope and pray that the scouting that we've all put in pays off. And, uh, you know, just stay mentally tough through this year and just keep pushing on and uh change your tactics up if they're not working you know i'm gonna do that as well if you know if, if me if i'm not you know seeing a lot of deer switch to a different property or uh you know maybe go hunt some hot sign or something maybe just walk into the woods i've done this before and been successful so this year i'm gonna probably try it you know not really have a plan set and just throw the stand on the back on my back and uh, go in the woods and find hot sign and set up on it. I've I've had really good luck like that doing that in the past, and it's really panned out that way. So I'm gonna probably do that quite a bit this year if I don't kill a buck early with the plans that I already have set. 
in these certain areas. So that happened uh, on my biggest buck ever. I just walked in years ago with my climber on this uh, public land. I had it. Uh, I had it on my phone. I had it pinned on my phone, but I actually never went in there and scouted it. Walked in there and shot the biggest buck of my life. So, um, yeah, like I said, you know, change your tactics up. Don't always go sit the same stand. You know, I'm sure a lot of people in PA just go hunt the same ladder stand or hang on in their back in their back 40 or whatever they they got. Um, switch it up a little bit. If you got a climber, if you got shoot, go sit on the ground somewhere. Um, I have a spot that I might do that on this public land. It's basically impossible to get a mobile stand in there with how thick it is, and it's just a big crab apple and apple orchard and uh talked to my brother about it when we scouted but it'd be a cool idea to just go in there with the bow and the camera and the tripod and just go sit on the ground somewhere and see if you know i can kill a buck that way you never know so change your tactics up and you know sometimes it works out that's why the hunting public guys are so successful sometimes because they just kind of go for it and uh, do random stuff and deer aren't used to it. So especially in PA, you know, the pressure that we have here, you never know. Just go in there and find hot sign and you might kill one. So um, a lot of the times that you go in and you have a plan, sometimes that plan doesn't work out and the wind's not right or whatever. So um, that's my advice to, to everybody. But yeah, good luck this season. Um, everybody stay safe. But, uh, you know, it's almost a season where we're getting excited and, uh, you know, all that scouting that we did, just hoping and praying that it pays off. So let's go over that verse again. I'm going to get this closed out. Uh, it is Proverbs 16.3. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And again, what that means is just... Um, Give it all to God, and uh, he'll work things out for you. And that's not even just hunting. That's just in life as well, you know. Commit your work to the Lord. Uh, you know, me and me and my wife, Courtney, just been really hoping and praying for uh, a new house, and we thought that would happen before we were going to have this second kid, but I, don't, I just don't think it's going to happen, and, you know, we're going to have to be okay with it because whatever uh is god's will it's meant to be so um but yeah, everything works out for his good and you know that's why i gave this season up to him again and uh just hoping that it works out so but yeah i appreciate you guys listening um if you guys haven't left a five-star review on itunes go ahead and do that it'd be awesome leave a written review um you know, I just do this podcast for fun, basically, and it's to educate people and have guests and stuff like that. So, um, and I'm gonna do just that. I'm gonna continue to uh, put scripture out there and uh, do that and do the right thing, like paying for that deer and stuff. So, but yeah, guys, good luck this season, and uh, we'll catch you next time. And may God bless your hunt. Trails again.
Give me 